Good Wednesday afternoon, and welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Rundown, presented to you by the Sideline Junkies. You got the main event, the icon, the boss, BJ. Yo, yo. You got me, the big guy, KG. And we got a lot to discuss when it comes to DC sports in general. Let's start off first with the Washington Redskins and their moving and shaking that they've done in the front office and in the coaching uh, ranks. Um, let's start it off right here. BJ, what's your thoughts of all the moves that were made, the coaching hires and the moves in the front office? KG from from top to bottom. We've been talking about this to a point where it's sickening. And I'm telling you right now, I love it. Love it. I love the shaking up of the organization from top to bottom. Because in my opinion, and you, you know, everybody has their own opinions. In my opinion, this is probably organization-wise, probably one some of the darkest days the franchise has seen. So to finally get Bruce Allen out. A man that has taken this this whole entire franchise and made it a laughing stock of the league. You know, then you hire Ron Rivera. He's putting his staff together. You, you, you do the front office changing. You bring people in, competent people that know football, that can get this organization back to a dynasty, which it once was in the 80s and the 90s or early 90s. Okay. I love the moves. I think Ron Rivera, let's just start with Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera brings discipline, accountability, something that has been lacking with this team. And it's sickening to see sometimes as a, just as a football fan, and it's not even a Redskins fan. When you're a football fan and you want to see good, clean, disciplined football and not people, a whole bunch of people showing off when you're down 30, or, you know, doing a bow and arrow when you make one play, you've been getting smoked all game. You know, that's the type of stuff that's, that starts right on the sideline. I think Ron Rivera, his style, the way he coaches, the way he, you know, holds people accountable, I think it's going to trans. – you're going to see it immediately. Immediately in 2020. When they start – when they hit the field, it's going to be a different Redskins team. It's going to be a different vibe a different feel. And if you're a Redskins fan, go get that stuff out the closet that you threw, threw in the back of the closet because you've been frustrated with the team. Go get those Dustos hats off. Go get your socks. And get your gear together because it's going to be a reason to get back to FedEx Field to pack that thing come 2020. I'm going to say this, and I agree with you, but if you had your stuff in the closet – for no matter how frustrating this team is and you put your stuff in the closet, please don't pull it back out. Keep it in the closet. I don't need you. Because I've wore... KG, you're not being fair, KG. You're not no. being fair. You're not I've rode with this team for 28 years. Come the end of January, it'll be 28 years since our last championship. And I've been here 28 years. I've been here 38 total. But 28 bad years. I mean, we've had a few bright spots. The 99 season. Uh, the 2012 season, uh, 05, 07, you know, those have been a couple bright spots. 2015, we won the division. Those have been the only bright spots. 
in 28 years, we've only won a division three times. And I've rode, I've lived and died with this team. Whether they were 10 and 6, 6 and 10, 5 and 11, 3 and 13, didn't matter. I rode with this team. And as a diehard and as a fan, I expect the same thing from my fellow fans. I wouldn't expect no more or no less from anybody else than I'm expecting from myself. That's all I'm saying. So if see, you pack away your gear. Go my ahead, good, B. My good sir. And this is where this is where as when you when you say that, everybody's not caging. Right? And you have to be fair to everybody because everybody has different emotions, different feelings. We could do a whole podcast on how I feel about the Buffalo Bills. Okay? But we're not going to get into it. What I'm saying is just take a a perspective of a fan um, born in 95. Okay? You start, you know, if if your dad's taking the football, you, you start watching football. You know, you go, let's just say you start watching football about four or five. You know, start really understanding it. So you know what's going on, seven, eight. You know, know the fights on, know the, know, the, know the, you know, everything. They have never seen this team win. Not, not, not scrape into the playoffs. Not win the division in 2015 because all the other teams in the division are hurt. They've never seen this team be successful. Meanwhile, you've watched the Giants twice and the Eagles win Super Bowls in your division. So you got to be fair. And I understand when you're a fan, you're supposed to ride and die. But it is a point. It's a breaking point for everybody. Everybody's different. It's a, it gets to that breaking point where the incompetence that this organization has shown for the last however long Bruce Allen been in charge. The way he's had the way he's handled people. Just just recently, the Trent Williams situation, the way he's handled that, the way he handled Scott McGowan, the way he's handled uh, Mike Shanahan. You see all of this, and it's super frustrating. I saw a post from, because we follow the HTTR hashtag on Instagram, and I saw a post. He was a young fan, and he was basically saying, if the Redskins don't do anything this year, I'm done. You know, and I understand, you know, bandwagon fans, you know, you can call them what you want to call them. But when you when you invest your heart, heart and soul into a team and to come up short year after year through, you know, wearing your red skin gear outside and getting damn near teased back in the house by Cowboy fans, Eagle fans and Giants fans. Damn near any fan in the league, basically, like I said, this team has been a laughing stock. You got to understand where they're coming from. Just understand where they're coming from. It's not you. I know it's not you because I've known you since 1995. I know it's not you. I know you're a diehard, and but you gotta, you gotta be fair to everybody. That's all. That's all I'm saying. I'll give you that. Um, I'll give you that. But if you feel that you're going to get bullied but for wearing your gear, you need to put your, pull your Captain America shield out and just run through them all. That's just my opinion. But let's get into this front office. Um, I know you said you like that. Now, the hiring of Ron Rivera, 
I was so scared because I was like, if Ron Rivera come here, I don't want to taint his legacy coming here. But once Bruce Allen was out, I said, okay, we got something going. Um, Starting in the front office, only move in the front office that I didn't like. It's only two moves in the front office I didn't like. Uh, Kyle Smith was promoted. He's been promoted to, let me get it right, let me get his title right. Out of respect, he's been promoted to vice president of player personnel. Uh, so basically, Kyle Smith is kind of sort of your de facto GM, but Ron Rivera said it's going to be a collective thing on final say-so, okay? Uh, Alex Santos is, he's been promoted to the director of pro personnel. They hired Tim Gribble, who's the director of college scouting now. Uh, they hired Rob Rogers, who's the senior vice president of football operations. But the two moves that I was disappointed about, Doug Williams has been demoted to the senior vice president of player development. Now, for those that don't know, I had to even go look this up to find out what the responsibilities are. Basically, he's his hands are off of personnel decisions. He doesn't have anything to do with personnel decisions, scouting, anything like that anymore. He is basically the liaison between the front office and the players when they have an issue and codes of conduct and things like that. He doesn't have anything to do with the roster anymore. I have a problem with that. Because Doug Williams is highly respected here in D.C. for various reasons. Not just because he was the first black quarterback to win a Super Bowl, uh, start a Super Bowl, you know, you name it. But he's always been respected here. He has head coaching experience. He coached Gramlin in two different stints. Coaching to SWAT titles three out of uh, the first three years he coached there. Um, he has personnel experience. He's been in the front office in Tampa Bay, head of scouting. He could find gems. He's did it here. And for him to be demoted and not promoted to vice president of player personnel or general manager where I thought that he should have been, I'm wondering, is that just a token role? But I can't say because I don't know. But that's the way I feel. Then the other, the other move that I didn't like, Eric Schaefer, fired, released, gone. Now, most people don't know, but we talked about it a while back. If Bruce Allen left, the three candidates to replace Bruce Allen were Doug Williams, Kyle Smith, Eric Schaefer. Those are the three, play, the three people in the front office who had the most knowledge, who pretty much were overtalked by Bruce Allen, so they could turn this around. Now Eric Schaefer's gone. Great great that Kyle Smith got promoted. I kind of figured he would too, but I thought Dougie Fresh would be in the forefront instead of, you know, fielding questions about stupid things. The, the Ruben Foster thing, and, and, you know, when somebody gets in trouble, he has to jump out in front then. No, no, no. I thought he was going to be the man with the finger on the pulse to shape this roster. But those are the only two moves in the front office that I didn't agree with. Well, I'm going to slide on in here because I'm going to say what you said you you didn't was unsure about, was, you know, not sure about, you know, didn't want to speak on. I'll speak on it. And I felt like, you know, we talk about it all the time. Unfortunately, it's not just Doug Williams. It's black uh, people, black people in the front office, coaching, 
it just seems like a lot of people are tokens. A lot of people are there, um, you know, because of what they've done for the organization in the past and to give them a job. And uh, it, it, it definitely shouldn't be like that with Doug Williams. You know, you know, me and you both respect him as a player, him as a, a front office person. And um, to see him get shuffled around like he has, to see him be the fall guy for a lot of things Bruce Allen had done, um, it's, it's definitely disheartening. But I definitely think he's a token piece in that Redskins front office. Um, <laughs> Eric Bieniemy, you know, was was a, was one of the top coaching candidates. I don't even think he got an interview. Like this is a problem around the league with people of color, and I, you know, everybody can say, "Oh, Ron Rivera's," you know, uh, I forgot what, what's Ron Rivera's nationality, KG. I believe he's of Puerto Rican descent, but let me make sure while I got it pulled up. Okay, because they didn't have to do, they didn't have to interview anybody else because he satisfied the Rooney Rule, which is a bunch of bullshit. That need to just go by the wayside. Um, I agree with that. I was going to yeah. say just that. Yeah, and, and, and it, that's what it leads me into. The whole Rooney Rule thing, uh, let's sprinkle a few people of color in the offenses on, on the sidelines. It, it's just total, it's horseshit. It really is. It's frustrating to see. It's, you know, just at this point, But the thing is, coaches like Marvin Lewis, coaches, um, I'm trying to think of some other black coaches, they have to stop being the scapegoats to to, to do these interviews for these teams. They have to know that these interviews aren't serious. Ron Rivera is of Puerto Rican descent on his father's side and Mexican descent on his mother's side. Okay. And, and Dennis Green comes to mind, uh, you know, uh, you know, rest in peace to him. But I'm, I'm just trying to think of a slew of black coaches that always interview for positions. Hugh Jackson. And Hugh Jackson. That we knew that were never seriously considered for these roles. Mm-hmm. So they have to stop participating in the in the Monopoly game, too. It, it, you have to put your foot down somewhere because don't get me wrong, I love the Ron Rivera hire, but like I said, the Rooney Rule, I just rather them kill a shit, burn it up, put it in the trash, shred it, let the teams hire. But that's basically what they're doing anyway. They just they're just doing the extra loophole step to hire who they want to hire. Yeah. Cliff Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Steve Wilkes got put out last year. That, this is something I talk about. Uh, all the time. Like, Steve Wilkes wasn't even given a chance. He had a garbage can. They drafted a quarterback in Josh Rosen. Absolute garbage can. He can't even play on a bad Miami team. He played, and he saw he was garbage. So you give him garbage and expect him to make 24-carat gold out of it. Then you fire him when he doesn't produce with the garbage can. Then you, you'll get uh, Kyle Murray and they hire Cliff Kingsbury, which is just to me, it, it's 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 like everything Kaepernick has been talking about. Pieces of what he's talking about, you can see it right embedded in the heart of the NFL. And is the NFL powerful enough to keep jumping over this? They absolutely are. They absolutely are. That shield is powerful. So um, 
that's going to be a whole nother podcast together. I'll get back on topic. KG, what's next? Uh, not only did Ron Rivera have control, and speaking of Steve Wilkes, it says he's still the defensive coordinator in Cleveland. Uh, I remember we, we reported it here that he was going to come to Washington to be the D coordinator here, if not D coordinator position coach. But I guess he decided to stay with uh, Cleveland. Cleveland. So let's uh, move on to the next topic. I guess, you know, we'll swing around and let's go down to the field. Now, looking at this coaching staff that Riverboat Ron has put together, and I, by the way, I love that nickname, Riverboat Ron, because I just got a funny feeling he gonna, he, he not playing this game, and he ain't gambling to lose. And I, I got a funny feeling he going to gamble to win. But uh, looking at his coaching staff that he's put together, only Randy Jordan is the only holdover from last season, and that is amazing. Uh, something chick- excellent. I think it's excellent. Yeah, because we talked about it, and I thought Kevin O'Connell would be your offensive coordinator, but Scott Turner's your offensive coordinator, uh, son of North Turner. And he got a and couple I, of – And I like that move. Yeah. He got a couple of sons of coaches. You know, he has his own son who's a quality control coach. Um, Ken Zampezi, son of Ernie Zampezi, is the quarterback's coach. Uh Chick Hernandez said he was surprised that Ike Hilliard didn't come back as wide receivers coach. And I, I think I was kind of uh, shocked by that too. But uh, the coaching staff rounds out like this. Luke Del Rio, coach of Jack Del Rio, is the quality, is a defense, nope, offensive quality control. Uh, Chris Harris, D-backs coach. Pete Honer, tight ends coach. Jim Holster, wide receiver coach. Ben Jacobs, assistant special teams coach. As I mentioned before, Randy Jordan is your running backs coach. Jim Matsko, O-line coach. Sam Mills the third, son of the great Sam Mills, uh, defensive line coach. Vincent Rivera, son of Coach Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron, is the defensive quality control. Richard Rogers, assistant D-backs coach. Steve Russ is your linebackers coach. Todd Storm, Offensive quality control. Uh, Drew Terrell, assistant wide receivers. Brent Weisselmeyer, assistant defensive back slash nickel coach. Uh, Ken Zampezi is your quarterback's coach. And Travell Wharton is your assistant O-line coach. Now, this is, this is a pretty big staff, I will say. But... It kind of reminds me, and I, I hate saying this because I don't, I don't want to put the expectations on Ron Rivera, but it kind of reminds me of Joe Gibbs' staff the first time around, where he had a Richie Pettibone, a Joe Bugle, a Don Bro. He had Rod Dodd, Dowhauer, who became a, a very respected. Uh, front office personnel and a coach but he was the passing game coordinator here in 91 um who else did he he, he had, I can't even name everybody that was on Gibbs staff but Gibbs had one of the what was described as 
one of the youngest and brightest staffs at the time because most of them were either former head coaches, would go on to be head coaches, or they just knew the game so well that they were just so respected. And I think that's what he has. He's assembled here. And speaking of staffs, with the retirement of Luke Keekley, I asked this question earlier, and I just wanted to get you on wax with your answer. You think Luke Keekley had joined the staff? I think if, um, you know, if it was a chance that he did want to join the staff, you know, I think, you know, he does, you know, love Ron Rivera. Um, I think he definitely enjoyed playing for him. But it, it, it depends on what Luke Keekley wants to do. You know, he's had a lot, you know, a couple of concussions. So I don't know if he wants to completely step away from it, take some time off, uh, going to the booth, which a lot of people are doing it. He's going to have ample opportunities because he was considered for what the best middle linebacker in the league right now. Um, I think that when it's his time, he's probably going to be a, a shoe-in Hall of Famer. You know, I don't think he'll – I don't think he should get in in the first time, but he'll definitely get in there. But, I, you know, it, it's a possibility, man. I, you know, I think the staff that Ron Rivera has put together – I think the the huge the, for me the biggest loss on the Redskins staff is Bill Callahan, and you say why Bill Callahan? I mean he he wasn't a really a good head coach, but everybody that is chirping and blossoming about Eric Flowers, who do you think was responsible for Eric Flowers' turnaround? Was Bill Callahan the offensive line coach? That's his specialty. That is a huge loss going forward, okay? Because, you know, you can we, – we said it on this show, and I don't have any problem eating my crow and spitting the BBs out. I have no problem with that because when Eric Flowers was signed, we were just – we were just – we were ready to break the phone. Like, what are y'all doing? Time out. Time out. Don't say we. Because I predicted it. I didn't predict him being this good, but I predict what was going to happen. You did? Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll I'll just eat my crow alone. I'll eat my crow alone, my raccoon, and I'm spitting out my BBs because this man has been a turnstile his last, ever since he's been drafted. He did it with the Giants. He did it with the Jaguars, I think he was with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He came here, Bill Callahan worked that magic and got him on track. So I think that is a huge loss. Um, and it's just one of those things when you become interim head coach, you can't take a demotion back to your position. It's just, it's just, it's, it's a respect thing. So uh, Ron Rivera brought in people that he's comfortable with, that he, that he knows their work ethic. He knows what they can they can produce. He knows that they're they're going to hold the same level of accountability, the same level of discipline and expectations that he holds. They're going to hold. And I love the, the the entire change of the coaching staff because we watched day in and day out, Sunday after Sunday, this team not do the things on the field from coaching standpoint adjustments. Uh, constant penalties, you name it. That coaching staff, those those miles had to go because you bring that same message back, you're going to have the same results. 
So I love the turnover completely. Um, that's how it should be. You should be able to bring your own people in. You shouldn't have the, the Dallas Cowboy or the Washington Redskins. Oh, you can have this job, but we got to keep this certain position at uh, – but just like remember, um, was it Parcells that came in and, and he had to keep Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's nonsense. When I come in, I need to bring my own people. Um, and and I love the. Um, I know the media wants answers. They want to know who's in charge and um, who's running the ship, but it can't be like that. Yes, you're gonna have you're gonna hire a GM, but at the same time. Everybody has to come at the table when it's time to draft, when it's trying to make free agent decisions. You have to have your head coach. Let's just say it's a, let's just say for whatever reason, Chase Young is on the board for the Redskins. Now you have to sit down as a unit. I need the defensive coordinator. I need the line coach. I need the linebacker coach. I need everybody. I need the owner because the owner is always going to be involved in the decision because it's his money. Okay, and if I'm an owner, I want to know what 20, 21 year old kid I'm bringing in here. What's his mentality? What's his work ethic? Has he been in trouble? Am I wasting my money? What's my risk? Is is any good investor, anybody that spent money, made money, especially these owners of these teams, they have every right to sit at that table to figure out what's coming in. Now, when you get to the football part, that's where your GM, your coach your position coach come in and be like, look, we've done our research on this kid. This He's going to be a stud. He's going to be an absolute stud. So when they say it's going to be a collective decision, I know that's not what people want to hear. They want a clear-cut GM, but I like that decision too. I, I agree with you. I really do because one man making the decision, you, 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 you got one set of eyes looking at one person. Then you, I hate to say it, and I'm not hating, but it's the truth. One of the things that befell the Dallas Cowboys was Jerry Jones being the end-all to be-all. Ever since he's been the sole decision-maker, it's hurt. Him wanting to take Johnny Manziel. Uh, who else? He selected somebody else in the first round. The, 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 nine, the picks it after... The 94 and 95 season, after Jimmy Johnson left, those picks where you weren't replacing talent, that's what happens when you got one man, one decision. Because you didn't but, think to go out. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. But to be fair to him, he's he's drafted some good talent. They had the, yes, the, hey. the, the best offensive line in the league for some time. They got a stud at running back. I think, you know, what you're saying and the other problem with them is coaching. You, when you don't have a coach that can put together a game plan, everybody has, has watched it here in Washington for the last five years. When you have a coach that is limited in their ability to call a game, to adjust, you're going to suffer. It doesn't matter who you have on the field. Absolutely doesn't matter. If you cannot get the best out of your players. If you can't use them to their strength and their abilities, you've already lost the game. And we've seen that here the last five years with Jay Gruden. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. uh, You're probably going to see it continue in Dallas. 
because Mike McCarthy, yeah, he won a Super Bowl, but he had number 12, okay? They could fly me or KG out there right now to go coach number 12, and we probably had the same results. So Mike McCarthy, for me, he's on the cutting board of having to prove himself as an elite coach. I don't think he is. I just think he's he rode the coattails of 12 and, and uh, got him a Super Bowl. So we'll see. I agree, but a message to Dan Snyder. I understand Jerry Jones is your friend. He is a a, a brilliant mentor. Uh, he's a brilliant businessman, and I had to swallow the vomit in my mouth a little bit there. But um, <laughs> he 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 he. he for, for for him being the owner of the Cowboys, let's take that out of the equation. I respect that dude because I, I just to to jump into the spotlight, make some of the decisions that he's made to make that team go north. And now look at what they're they're valued at what six billion dollars. He took them from bottom half of the league up. So I mean, Jerry Jones respected, but a note to Daniel Snyder. Let the football people that you pay make the football decisions. Now, you ask all the questions you want. If you're wasting your time, wasting your money, I agree with that because that's your money at the end of the day. But when it comes to that product on the field, you don't have to be in the war room picking up the phone and being on camera and stuff like that. You don't have to do that. You can sit back, chill in the back of the room and just say, you know, look, and Every once in a while, ask a question about somebody and, and expand your knowledge because you got people around you that want to put this team back on the pedestal that it once was. The pedestal that you remember it as. That's that you, you were a Redskins fan before you were the owner. That's the pedestal that you're trying to get back to, and that's where they're trying to put this team. So let them do their job. But the thing is... He he's let somebody make the football decisions for the last ten years, and they've ran it into the ground. But the thing is, when he had the guy that was turning the corner to make said football decisions, he didn't want it. He yeah, wanted his. But that, he wanted uh, Vinny here instead of letting Marty do what he had to do. I understand that. That was that was earlier in Dan Snyder days. And then Scott McGloin, I think, was more of a Bruce Allen thing. So he yeah. bought he bought a football guy, but the football guy he bought in just wasn't a good football guy. He's, and then, run, but that, he's running off a name. Right. But that he's football royalty. Whether it's here, whether it's Chicago, whether it's uh LA. He's he's always gonna be as long as he has uh, George Allen blood running through his veins. He's always going to be football rookie. You really think always. that? You really think somebody would give him another shot in the football? Hold, hold, hold on, wait. Time out, time out. I didn't say nothing about nobody giving him another shot. I just said he football rookie. Yeah, I mean, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think, I think a little bit of that royalty is rusted after his tenure but, here, and like I said, the the relationships he soured and the the yeah. the. The reputation he has along around him, I think that is definitely tarnished. You know something? Speaking of Bruce Allen, one thing that came out was, and 
when he was signed here, I said, you know what, that's the guy we need because these outrageous contracts will stop. And uh, who was not Mason Foster? Uh, what's the other linebacker that left here and went to? Uh, no, matter of fact, it was Mason Foster, I believe. They told him go test free agency because what we're offering you here, you're not going to get more than what, which what we're offering you here. He went and tested free agency. Nobody will offer him more than what they were offering him here. They they offered him four and a half million dollars. He said you're not going to get more than four. He went to, um every team that was interested in, in a middle linebacker. Nobody gave him more than four million. Exactly what he told him. One thing Bruce Allen did know was the numbers. He was just picking personnel. Yeah, but the thing is, you don't talk to people like that. And that's probably exactly how he talked to me. You don't speak to people like that. You don't treat people the way Bruce Allen has treated people in his tenure here. All he had to do is say, look, this is our offer. You're more than welcome to go to free agency. You know, if you don't like what you you know see in free agency, I would love to. I love to still have you. That's how you do it. You know, for I, I Bruce Allen was probably when, when Mason Foster came back. Bruce Allen was probably in his office, chest hair out. He probably was in a speedo, <laughs> puffing a cigar, leg on the table, balls hanging out the speedo. <laughs> like, oh, you back, huh? Go ahead and sign this. He probably. Probably threw the contract on the floor. They sign this. Yeah, don't don't worry about the tobacco spit. Just sign over it. I just you get that you. I just get that from Bruce Allen. He just he just treated people like shit, and it's. I'm glad that tenure's over with. And you, but now during that tenure, one of the person, one of the people he treated like shit was somebody that was here that was trying to turn the turn the corner, such as the same way that. Ron Rivera and his staff and he, the, this front office personnel is trying to do. And that was Scott McClune. Now, you got a guy that's holding guys accountable. You know, I can't even think of who it was. It was a DB, and he did something on the field that was very, very bad. Scott McClune went down to the locker room. It was a home game. He waited till after he showered, and he said, come see me. And they went upstairs and one of the suites closed the door behind closed doors. And Scott McClellan ripped him a new one. Rip, I'm talking about, they say he, they said you can hear him through the closed door. Getting in this player shit. And then all of a sudden, they walked out like nothing happened. But that, that incident never happened again. When guys were having problems, they went to Scott. Bruce got mad because they weren't coming to him, so he decided, "Let's go. We, you know, we're gonna see who 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 who, who pees the furthest, who, who who dicks the longest." And he went to Dan, and they crafted up this story. They got him fired, but that's the guy we needed here because personnel-wise, you take what Bruce Allen does with numbers, what Scott can do with with personnel, and you put those two together. Five years, five years, we would have been one of the top teams in. The league. Scott McLuhan did nothing during his time away from football, but scout. They were coming. Teams were coming to him because he had notebooks upon notebooks of scouting reports of every player in the country. Didn't the Browns? The didn't the Browns pick him up? He was just a consultant. Yeah, I'm saying, but they they yeah. they hurry up and scooped him up. I think they did yeah. it before the draft, right? Yep, and yep. he he put together their draft last season. Or was the season yep. before that? But he put together. It was, it. Yeah, it was one of them. But 
he's the hot commodity, and I'm and that's what I'm sitting here thinking about now. I'm like him, Ron Rivera together. Now, normally you say with a coaching change, five years, them two together. You got talent on the roster. You just got to build around the talent. You got a Dwayne Haskins, who Ron Rivera said, nah, the starting job's not going to be given to him next year. He's going to have to earn that. So you got Dwayne Haskins. You and, that's, gotta, and that's the way it should be. True, indeed. No matter what your draft position is, you got to earn it. You got uh, Terry McLaurin. You got a Kelvin Harmon. Jeremy Sprinkle is coming into his own. Uh, on the defense side, you got the people's corner, Jimmy Moreland. You got Montez Sweat. Cole Holcomb had a breakout year. Stud. Yes, he did. Uh, all you got to do is go in. He got to go get better. Just because he yeah. has a breakout year, it's not time to get complacent. Mm-hmm. It's time to work even harder because I forgot what game it was. Was was it? I don't know. Saquon's an animal. One, somebody ran him over. Was it Saquon? It might have been one of the giant uh, the second game. I think it was. He broke through the hole and took him, he took his head off when he went yeah. through. Um, and you know all the all the names you named, you know absolutely. And I think and I I, I know this is going to be unpopular opinion, and I'm not saying this because of anything football. It's the business side of football, but I do not think Ryan Kerrigan will be a, a Washington Redskin next year, especially if Chase Young is drafted. It's just it's just well, the I, ugly side of the business. True indeed. And that, that but that's the key word. Business. It's never personal. It's business. And and, and I thought I, and I, I'm sorry KJ, I thought no, Bruce no, Allen I thought Bruce Allen, I mean everybody knows it. They know they did he did Trent Williams dirty. But I, I felt like he also did Ryan Kerrigan dirty because no matter what Ryan Kerrigan would tell me, I know where he is in his career, and I would have – Houston needed a pass rusher because J.J. Watt was out. Seattle was looking for a pass rusher before they got Jadeveon Clowney. You give that man a chance to go win. He's been a rock here for a long time. I know, oh, man, he got to retire as a Redskin. Just what I was saying earlier about – Fans wanting a winner. The players want a winner too, and they want to play for an organization that has a chance. When you're playing for an organization that doesn't even have a chance, it's it's disheartening. It's absolutely disheartening. So, um, before we we take a break, before we take a break, one thing that I want to see Ron Rivera do at the beginning of OTAs training camp. Rookie camp, take the decals off the helmet. You got to earn your decal because I, I, that's one thing. The second thing, everybody that was a captain last year, take them captain C's away and start setting a precedent. Because if you haven't been here for, I'll say, three to four plus years, you cannot be a captain. I, I, I can't. And I've heard Doc Walker say, and I, I, I agree with it, Brian Mitchell too. I'm not going to respect a guy that comes in the door from another team, no matter what team you come in, and all of a sudden they give you a captain seat. And I've been here busting my behind for three or four years. Depends and you walk on, in the doors of it is. I couldn't care less. Depends on who it is. If you if you got Luke, let's just say Luke Keekley 
for whatever reason, came to the Redskins. You don't think he'd be a captain instantly? I wouldn't want her to be. If what I'm saying is, if if it's only certain people, like if if you got Russell Wilson next year, he would be a captain. If for whatever reason Tom Brady leaves the Patriots, he said, "Look, it's my it's my been my dream to play for the Redskins." Tom Brady's a captain. As soon as he steps foot foot in Ashburn, they're gonna give him a C. He's a C. And you know that what's funny. Players vote on it. That's mm-hmm. that the captains now see the captains that can normally, you know, in high school and sometimes in college is voted on by the coaches. You know, guys mm-hmm. that are that exemplified. And you know, what you can have five captains. I believe one, so. Trust Wade would be one of my captains. Absolutely. Because Trust yeah. is the best punter in the league. That's, That's no your best. Special, yes, best punter in the league and your best special teams player. So he'd be a captain. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Ryan Kurgan has a captaincy. I know I Landon so. Collins did. I didn't agree with Landon Collins oh. having a captaincy. Not because he can't play, because he just came. And I'm in, I'm in agreement with that. I don't think he, for me, coming from another team, he's not a player that I would instantly make a captain. So that, that that's one. Well, that's two. And uh, well, you know, Trent Williams would have been a captain. But next season going in, I, I would think if Eric Flowers resigns, he would get a captaincy because of the way he played last year. He balled out. He really did. He balled I out. I can't really disagree with you, but you just said you just yeah, said I, yourself. Yeah. yeah, you just said yourself. Three to four years, so he, he got she, another. If he come in next year and – it does the same thing. If, if he did, he make the Pro Bowl this year. I don't think so. Okay, I think I got I think I think if he comes in this season and does the same thing, I, I I expect to see him on a Pro Bowl roster. Then you can start talking about that seat. You can start talking wrapping up long term. Speaking of that, KG, let's go to a couple of players that I want to. I want your opinion on. Brandon Sheriff, Eric Flowers, one of them. Um, who else? Ryan Kerrigan. Let's just start with those three players. Are okay. you are you bringing those players back? Uh, Brandon Sheriff, new training staff, new strength and conditioning coaches. You know he's up for his contract. It's up come new league year, so he's due to be resigned. I got to bring him back. I mean, he's one of the best guards in the league. Now, I think his 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 asking price should be a little bit lower due to the injuries, but I would lock him up long term. I would at least give him a five to six year deal to lock him up. Uh, him, I just, I don't know, I just like him and Flowers. I, I like it. You know, those those guys played very well when they played together last year. Uh, only thing I would, would upgrade on that line, if I don't get Trent Williams back, would be possibly my center. <sighs> Unfortunately, my right tackle. I mean, Morgan Moses, heart of a line. I have a tiger. But when when he nicked, 
he's a, a, a turnstile revolver. Which is a lot. Which is a lot. Yeah, and but the thing is, he never misses any game. He'll miss a few plays, never miss any games. That dude had two sprained ankles, got him taped up, and went back in the game. And I, I love his heart. I really I, do. And see, I love that. But we, you, you go back, you turn back the clock, and that's where your training staff and your coaching staff have to make a decision. Because that's that's what got RG three hurt and and, yep. ru- and ruined his career. You you have to know. Okay, I'm putting Morgan Moses back out here at seventy percent. I'm just going to go ahead and put whoever the backup is and let him work at a hundred percent. Yeah, Morgan Moses might have way more football sense. You know, might can deal with people better. But you let him heal up and bring your next player, and that's where your your depth has to has to come in. So. Um, Give me, you said Brandon Sheriff, you're bringing him back. Eric Flowers and Ryan Curry. Uh, Eric Flowers, most definitely. I got to bring him back. Uh, I'll say he's still young. This is going into his fifth year. So let me see. Give him a four-year deal. But, you know, don't no balloon payments. Make it so it's cap-friendly. But make the numbers work. But give me, give me four years for... For uh, Eric Flowers, Ryan Kerrigan, only 31 years old, um, doesn't turn 32 until August, which is going into next season. This is the – he's made the Pro Bowl, what, 16, 17, 18, three consecutive years. This is, would have been four if he would have played. First year, he didn't have double-digit sacks. My heart is telling me, yeah, of course, you know, you got to bring Kerrigan back because him, Montez Sweat, possibly, good score, possibly uh, Chase Young. But then you also had to realize you still have Allen, Ionitis, uh, who else? You got. Uh, Anderson, Ryan Anderson. So you got a lot of guys that's going to switch to becoming defensive end full time, and he may be one of them because you know going to a four three, he's going to be a lot more hand in the dirt. So it'll be a hell of a rotation. I say bring him back, see what he does up until the trade deadline. If it's not where it need to be, trade him to the Patriots for a third round pick. Or whoever so you speak, you you speaking with that red skin heart. I I don't know any other because Ryan Kerrigan, I've had to defend Ryan Kerrigan for quite some time because everybody has put him down. Oh, he's not that good. He's slow as hell. He can't cover. He's not a cover linebacker. He's never been a cover linebacker. He's a stand up off the edge linebacker, hand in the dirt. Off the edge. Remember, he was a defensive end in college. They converted him to outside linebacker to fit the three-four scheme. And this cat has came up with double-digit sacks nearly every season. And I don't want to hear where he got most of his sacks against the Giants. I don't care how he got them. I don't care when he got them. He got them though. He's second all-time in sacks for the Redskins. Would I like to see him? Uh, Eclipse, Dexter Manley sack record, it really doesn't matter to me. I mean, his name's in the book as is. But 
I just, you know how guys, especially defensive ends, they have that resurgence after 30. It's a kind of funny feeling, new coach, new system, new scheme. This is going to be the season he has his resurgence. And he's going to be dominant again where they're going to have to hold. Because one thing about him, he'll get around the corner. He'll get to the quarterback, may even get his fingertips on. But, you know, the flag got to come out because he's being held. And maybe, just maybe, fresh set of eyes, he'll come with new techniques. And he'll have a 15-sack year. Maybe. But, I mean, that's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, not even going to sit here and lie to you. Uh, where we at? He had three consecutive years, 2016, 17, and 18, double-digit sacks, 11, 13, and 13. Well, I know, you know, I'm always going to – this is going to be unpopular opinion. Because, you know, I always harp and say that, you know, you have to think about the business side of football. You have to think about replacing players at the right time. And it might, you're not ever going to get it right because you, you might replace a player. Of course, he might have a two or three more seasons, four more productive seasons. But you have to start thinking about the future. And I think if you draft Chase Young, I don't think, his room here for Ryan character. Not because he's not a good player. He hasn't he hasn't been an outstanding person because he has. I just think it's that that decision time for the Washington Redskins to have to let him go. And have Chase Young and Montez Sweat bring in the new uh younger talent. Uh, Brandon Scherr, for me, he gets injured a little bit too much to sign him to what he's asking for. I would let Wes Martin step in. This is the business side of football. He's Brandon Sheriff is one of the best guards in the league, if not the best. I get that. But you, you, you have to think about long term. They drafted, then they draft two offensive linemen this past draft, right? Uh, yeah, West Martin and uh, Ross Pierce Okay, we'll let Martin start. I would let Sheriff go. I would absolutely sign Flowers back one because you should be able to get him at a good price, because uh, which doesn't mean anything. Because if he goes to the Pro Bowl next year, has another outstanding season the year after that, he can hold out. So that doesn't mean anything, but right now you can get him at a good price. You can solidify the left guard position. And right now, that's the only thing solidified is the left guard position because you don't know if Trick Williams coming back. And that's another thing I keep telling all Redskins fans that keep hollering about Chase Young. If you don't get uh, Trent Williams back, now you need a, a left tackle. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you have a need of a left tackle. And don't get me wrong. You can find a left tackle, second round, third round, but, you know, is if there's a talent there, a left tackle that could solidify that position, just like Trent Williams has his entire career, 
you know, because what was what was before Trent Williams? Chris Samuels? As far as dominance? <laughs> well, as far yeah. as this all uh, who 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 he replaced Chris Samuels, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he was driving to replace Chris Samuels. And so it's it hasn't been any drop off at left. That's what I'm trying to say. It hasn't been any drop off at left tackle for the Washington Redskins. That's really been a solid position. So you, you, go you know something. To, what's that? Now doing the Chris Samuels, John Jansen, we had those two and nobody in the middle. Now you got guys in the middle and nobody on the ends. <laughs> hey man, like I said, man, it's about it's about good decision football making. And then you have to you have to have the right people to fit the scheme. So that's that, I think that's the exciting part for me as a football fan, watching the Redskins and Ron Rivera take on his new scheme, you know, a coach that can make adjustments, you know, that can, you know, coach people up and stuff. So we'll see about that. So, KG, let's move on to the next. All right, let's take a break, and we're going to come right back. And uh, we got a few more D.C. things to talk about, so stay tuned. And just like that, we are back. Now, BJ, I know you got something uh, you wanted to say, football-related, but I know you wanted to say something. So, Mr. BJ, the floor is yours. Hey, you know, everybody, you know, I know my opinions, you know, you could agree with them, you know, or not agree with them. You know, like I always say, that's why it's an opinion. Everybody has theirs. I watched a clip today that KG posted in our sideline junkies WhatsApp chat. And it was Drew Pearson getting snubbed with all his friends and family there with the camera in his face. Getting snubbed for the Hall of Fame. And you see that. I don't give a damn if you're a Redskins fan, Giant Eagles fan. Like I always say, when you're a true fan of the sport and you understand your history and what people meant to the sport, how much time they put in to get to the level that they got to, to watch Drew Pearson sit there and just basically have his world shattered live in tears, it's just heartbreaking. It really is. I think that it was a... uh, thing came up saying he's the only person to make the first team all decade in the 70s that's not in the Hall of Fame. Just think about that for a second. Think about the teams that played in the 70s and all of the Hall of Famers from the 70s that were produced. This man made the first team all decade 70s and is not in the Hall of Fame. Um... Now, don't get me wrong. I know every year, whether it's basketball, football, hockey, it's going to be somebody left off the Hall of Fame list that should be on. Um, but to see that and just just to know where we are right now as far as social media, because gone are, you know, regular sports shows now. Everything is for ratings. And I thought for that to be about ratings, it was about ratings. I don't care what anybody said. That was good TV. The damn producers are probably happy as hell that happened. 
because now it's getting a lot of attention and you know you got people man i can't wait to see who's get left out next year like you don't do people like that whether they wore a cowboy uniform or redskin uniform it doesn't matter i think the process has been tailored for social media tailored for tv tailor for drama and it shouldn't be that you're 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 dealing with people that have put their their bodies on the line their whole career starting in peewee high school college then to be a great receiver for the cowboys and do what he did there and and just to be treated like that it just rubbed me the wrong way and i know it's nothing you know nothing nobody can do he's not going to get in um, just like the whole Bill Coward, Jimmy Johnson thing, you know, the guy coming to the, the, the set to, to announce they made the Hall of Fame, I thought that was a little unnecessary. And Bill Coward said it. Even though he was happy, he said it. Was, he, he felt like it shouldn't have been done there. So it, it's just for TV. And you have people making these decisions that are looking at how much, how many viewers they can get, how many ratings they should get. And it's just, it's absolutely fucking sad. To see people that meant a lot to the league, that did a lot for the league, and they just be treated like that. It's funny you say about Jimmy Johnson and Bill Cowell. Jimmy Johnson playing, you know, coaching in, in, in the NFC East, you know, he was the young upstart. But when he came out there, I mean, it may have been the wrong time, may have been kind of tasteless for some people. I was so happy when they got, when both of those guys got picked and he came out there. Like, I, I, when I was watching the game for both of them and I didn't think it could get any better than the next day when Jimmy went in and I, I sent everybody in the sideline junkies WhatsApp text a message and I, I was just like, they finally did it. But it was just the joy and the excitement. Jimmy damn near had a damn asthma attack. He was so happy and overwhelmed. So I enjoyed that. But this whole the the adverse of this the, the the flip side what they did to Drew Pearson that was shameful. And, and dare I say it, I, I may get fined for this one. That was a bitch move. So. Whoever thought that that was okay, why would you put the cameras in his face? His family and friends are around there, and you embarrass him like that. A player that should have been in the Hall of Fame went from an undrafted rookie out of Tulsa to one of the best receivers in Cowboy history. Every great receiver that comes through Dallas has to wear 88. Why? Because of Drew Pearson. After Drew Pearson wore 88, they gave it to Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin picked it up. He carried it. He made it great. They gave it to Des Bryant. Des Bryant stumbled a little, but he was still a dominant force. I just don't understand why you would do something like that to somebody. For for ratings, that's all it's that's all it's for, and it's it's, it's tasteless as hell. It's for ratings. It's for reaction and. Like I say, you sitting there as a football fan, it just you know, it's just like you're watching this in disbelief. I like, are they really doing this to him? 
But that's what they want. They want the reaction on camera. And it's just it's just really, really sad that this is what society has come to to be, you know, just to 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 get a joy, to get a reaction for TV. It's just it's crazy. You, you know something? You said something last year when they did the, you know, the the going to the hotel rooms and knocking on the door. You actually said that that shouldn't be shown. That should be a private moment. You said that about a year ago. I remember it because we were sitting down. We were talking about it, and you said that that should be a private moment, which it should. But they want to see that reaction. They want to see the 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 shock, the tears flow, the happiness. Yeah, I mean that's great, no. But you ain't got to show the world that. Sometimes that's a private moment that just need to be shared between the gentleman that knocks on the door and the former player and his family. That's it. That's it. To take it this far, I don't care if what kind of ratings it was for. To take it this far should never happen again. And then now the video's circulating. And, you know, once the video's out there, you can't pull it back, no matter how you try. You got to pay a lot of people to, to delete that because it's been shared probably a thousand times in the last hour alone. Probably more than a thousand. Probably more than a thousand. And then the views. It, it's every, everybody that's a football fan, especially if you're a diehard Dallas fan, and you, was, you were rooting for him to get in. You know, everybody's seen it. And it's just... Like I said, man, it's it's just sad. It, it's it's no more words we could put to it, but it's just it's just it's really distasteful. It really yes. is. It is. But let's move on to something uh, a little bit more positive before we get out of here. I mean, Nikki Backstrom signed a five-year extension, forty-six million dollars. Nikki, let me hold twenty dollars. Yes, indeed. Twenty dollars. We coming to a backstrom. We coming to the penthouse, baby. <laughs> he he's played his whole entire thirteen year career here in DC with the Caps. So he'll be here for another five. So he shall retire as a cap, unless he plans on being like Yami Yaga and playing until he's like hundred and seventy five years old. And that was Gordy he- Howe. That was Gordy Howe. <laughs> <laughs> well, shoot, Gordy played. What did Gordy played in three or four different decades? Because he played I in think. the fifties, the sixties, seventies, and I think he came back one more time in the nineties. Yeah, I want to say wasn't he in his late sixties or seventies when he came back the last time? Yeah, and yeah, I think he was still dominant too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, man, oh man. Man, that right there, that that's just amazing right there. Uh, let me see, Gordy, Gordy, what, what you got, Gordy? Let me see. Playing career from four, he played in the forties, the fifties, the sixties, the seventies, the eighties, and the nineties. He came back in ninety-seven. Good grief, man! Nice, man. That's nice. That's it's, that's. I remember, I remember the buzz around that when he came back. Because you know, of course, you know. That was one of we was we was in our team, so we, you know, yeah. trying to learn about hockey. It's just like, what? What's going on? Mm, mm, mm. But 
I just I'm happy to have Nikki back and know that him and Ovi gonna play the side by side for a little bit longer. So hey man, they they're rolling right now too, brother. The caps right now. If everybody just can stay healthy, you might be bringing, you might get your wish, and you might be able to call the DC title town. Hey, that's what I want. That's so, what I want. But I, I got a funny feeling. DC, if if the Wizards can play some defense, they got the Bulls tonight. If the Wizards can play some defense, they could be a very scary team. And this is one of them things. Before we get out of here, let me ask you just one question. Do you get rid of Scott Brooks during this season? Yes, absolutely. Get rid of him after this. Whatever your question was to Scott Brooks, yes. Getting rid of (laughs) Scott Brooks. I don't care if it's I don't care if it's in the next hour. I've been said that Scott Brooks was the Kevin Durant high. They were trying to get Kevin Durant here. They were trying to bring his coach here from Oklahoma City. It did not work. Scott Brooks is a C-plus coach, okay? Yes, they're running up and down scoring right now. They look good. I, I love that they have a lot of young bodies in there. They got Gary Payton second off of the uh, the G League a couple weeks ago. And, you know, he's hungry. That's what this team has been missing. They've been missing hungry players. And I'm still a Bradley Bill hammer. Because I need to, he's being treated like a diva and they haven't won anything. That is my main problem with Bradley Bill. Showing off on the court, I'm not saying you can't have fun. But it's to the point now where it's very irritating because this team hasn't won shit. Okay? They keep getting leapfrogged. They get to a point where they're, the, you know, they get to the fourth or fifth seed, best in the conference. And, you know, you're thinking as a Wizards fan, okay, the next step is to be top three to get to the East Finals to make progress. And they always take a step back, whether it's for injury, whether it's personnel, whatever it is. Now, Shepard took over as GM this past uh, um, past beginning of last season, okay? And I love the move, but he has to have time to build. So I'm sure, you know, he, he inherited Scott Brooks. He inherited Bradley Bill. He inherited John Wall's contract. I love Bertans. I love Thomas Bryant. I love uh, Isaiah, the Isaiah Thomas sign. I love Ish Smith. All of those guys, they ball, they play hard. They're going to have to tweak and play with some pieces. And it, they're, they can write the ship. I really think they can. They, it's, it's, it's not going to be done overnight because you're talking about 20 years almost of you know running the franchise just at enough level to fill the fill the squad on the court that you know with, with Ernie Grunfield. So you got somebody in here now, you got some new blood, gotta give it time. But Scott Brooks, whenever they fire him, whenever they get rid of him, I'm down for it. Hey, you know what I say, not even a Wizards fan, but I want to see this team do good. They got too much talent to play the way that they're playing now. If I'm not mistaken, they're 14th in the East. 14th. They're behind my Bulls. And my Bulls suck. I think somebody, oh my goodness, I just I just realized somebody is going to owe me some lunch because they said 
What was your, your what was your win total for the Wizards for this year? Be the, that was Delonte. They said they was no. Going oh no. Oh no. Oh no. No 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 no. no. Season right. ain't over yet, man. No 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 no. We gonna have to go back and find that episode. It, it was. 50 I want to say you say fifty games for this Wizards games. team. Okay. Yeah, I'm just getting. I'm gonna start preparing a list of restaurants. Oh Lord. I, you know what? I want I, I want you to come in there. I want you to come in there with a West Unsell jersey on. You gotta have some 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 shoes that match the Wizards jersey and a speedo on. That's what you that's what you wear to lunch. <laughs> that's I knew what you wearing to lunch. With. Hey man, that's what you wearing to lunch. I, I'm just gonna sit back. I'm not gonna say anything else about it. I'm gonna just let the Wizards do what they do. Cause I said at best, if they're playing to their full capabilities, they may be able to scrape the six seed. But Bradley Bill has been hurt. Bertans was hurt. Bryant was hurt for a little bit. So Isaiah Thomas, I think, missed, missed some time. So yeah. like I said, it, I, I said that in the beginning, all depended on if they could stay healthy. And they haven't been able to do that yet. But now, now here's the thing. Now this is the funny thing. Uh, they can out. They can score on anybody. They can't stop anybody from scoring. They can score one thirty, but they can't stop the team from scoring one thirty five, one forty. Then when they score one forty, they can't stop the team from scoring one forty five. That's the whole problem. If they could actually stop somebody and play some defense with all this scoring, tell t- tell me, this is not a fifty win team. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. That's all I'm gonna say. Because they, they, like I said, right now they're in the building phase. You have to figure out. We can see they score because they can score without Bradley Bill too. That's the scary part. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm off trading Bradley Bill. I might be in the minority on trading Bradley Bill. I'm all, especially when you're still putting up the points you're putting up without him. Okay, get rid of the diva, get rid of the diva, and get some players in there that's that's hungry and ready to ball. And I'm not saying Bill isn't. I'm just saying a little bit too diva-ish for me. Just a little bit. But they got to build. They, they, you know, they got a young team learning how to play together because the other night they fielded damn near all G League people. Bertans was hurt, Thomas Bryant was hurt, Isaiah Thomas wasn't available. So, you know, they had a whole team of hungry players that was ready to prove that they belonged in the league. And I like seeing that. So they got a little work to do, you know, trade deadlines around the corner. I would not be surprised if Bradley Bill is gone for some assets. I wouldn't be surprised because Chris Paul They've been talking about him moving back to the Clippers. But, you know, it's going to be a lot of moving. But when those type of names move, you have to have at least probably three teams in that trade. Yeah, to offset that contract. To offset those contracts and stuff. So we will see how it works. Uh, you know, um, and that 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 brings me uh, – we need to get to a Wizards game, man. Yeah, we do. We, we need to get to a Wizards game, sit down, enjoy some Wizards inside – and uh, just uh, sideline junkie style. So, what else we got, man? Is that it for us? That's it. And one name you forgot to mention was your boy, 
Hachimura. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know how I forgot him. I love him. This is only his rookie season. He is going to be a monster. The only thing I wish the Wizards hadn't done was trade Kelly Oubre. If Kelly Oubre was still here with Hachimura, Bill, Ish, Isaiah, Thomas Bryant, my goodness. Mm-hmm. My goodness. Okay, But that's another topic. We'll do, you know, so we'll have to come back with another DC Sports Rundown more focus on the Wizards. So, um, if that's it, I'll take us out of here. Um, myself, I'm BJ you, with KG. This is the DC Sports Rundown presented by the Sideline Junkies. You can listen to us on all of the major platforms. Whatever you can download on your phone, you can find Sideline Junkies. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook under the same names. We're there. Talk to us. We'll see you next time. What's the next show coming up? Thursday night? What's it? What's, what's it? Thursday night? Nah, we probably go Friday night. No, Friday don't night. overload them yet. So no. we probably go Friday night. Well, be, be on the lookout. Turn your notifications on for the Sideline Junkies. You know, we always here. But for that, we hope you enjoyed the show. Hit us back. You know, give us feedback. We love it. Email us, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Like I said, for KG, myself, BJ, we out of here. Peace. Out. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show ID, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.